because we heard another mentor say, I had one client who would be using porn during the group sessions. Their delusion is that somehow by showing up, they're doing enough to manage their issues. Welcome to Coffee with a Couple Cure, where we share practical tips for your relationship before you finish your first cup. Here's Jay and Lori Pyatt. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with a Couple Cure. Again, in this season, we're covering the topic of betrayal. And I guess I just want to start off by saying again that, you know, the messages I've heard outside the church have been that, you know, porn's okay unless there's two things involved. And one is addiction, you know, as long as you don't get addicted to it. And number two, you know, but lying is not okay. There's a third one that I want to talk about, and that's um, self-lies. I dated a person who was in active recovery way back when for another another type of addiction. And so I became acquainted with the 12-step groups and their um, philosophies and that sort of thing. And one of the things they were very clear on was the self-lies that people tell themselves, the self-deception. And I've heard it said before, it's one thing to be deceived. It's another thing to be self-deceived because if you're deceived, you might be able to find out about it. But if you're self-deceived, then it's really a problem. And from what I've seen, and Jay, you can confirm this for me, from what I've seen, the the self-deception comes in many different ways. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's self-deception of, you know, what I'm doing is not so bad. Uh, You know, I'm not having an actual affair. So there's some justification or rationalization that's done there. There's other self-deceptions that somehow, you know, the deception I had of lying to you being better than than telling you the truth and just Mm -hmm. dealing with the hard reality. Yeah, the the fallout. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there's even the deception of being involved in recovery somehow. Lightens the... Yeah, it changes. It's like, while I am doing something about it, Mm -hmm. it's just... I can feel a little less guilty about acting out. Yeah, I can Mm -hmm. feel... and, And I'm not saying everybody in recovery is doing that, but I've seen guys who seem to actively attend recovery and continue to really struggle in quitting their addiction. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things I really don't understand where a guy will come in and and week after week he's stumbling, he's struggling, but they keep coming back, you Mm -hmm. know? And so it's, it's almost like they're their delusion is that somehow by showing up, they're doing enough to manage their mm-hmm. their issues. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you brought up this morning was we heard another mentor say, you know, I had one client who would be using porn during the group sessions or during their sessions. I can't remember which one they said, but it's different forms of self-deception. You know, I've, I've right. seen it time and time again where guys will accuse the wife of doing something the very same time they're doing it themselves. Oh, yeah. It's get the spotlight off of me. I, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not just the spotlight, but it's almost like there's there's something you're doing wrong that's either as bad or worse than what I'm doing. Right. And we're not going to deal with or look at my issues until 
you know, they want it to be balanced. We're both mm-hmm. going to look at our issues mm-hmm. as, as opposed to let's look at the thing that's really tearing the marriage down uh-huh. and, and let the cards fall where they may. Right. What I was going to add, though, was they really believe it. They The guys yeah. really believe it sometimes. Not all of them. I'd say it's maybe 20%. 10, 10 20%. Yeah. yeah. But those that 10 or 20%, the women really start feeling like they're going crazy. And even people around them, it's like, this is just, it, it's mind blowing. Some of the ways that guys get self-deluded and expect others to believe it. If that's your case, get proof. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things the trauma training taught me. Get proof. And then also get third-party observers who can confront. I heard a story recently where a guy had acted out with, um, or at least, you know, got a little inappropriate with a married-in family member. And that was my first thing, you know, have you and then your sibling and then their spouse who, you know, this, the husband tried to act out with, have them all confront him because then, and maybe even bring in a, a neutral third party to say, you know, this is not okay. We all know what's going on here and you can't lie your way out of it. And this was in ways that he had done before. So he had already established a pattern. He was starting to go back to that old behavior. And that's when you bring in the bigger guns and really prep them beforehand. This is a repeating behavior. He used to do this a lot. This is part of his acting out. This is what leads to his relapse. So that's what you can do there is just get other eyes on the subject and let them know the typical pattern that this takes because the person's going to lie. They might even think, well, it was just a simple hug. It was just a simple hug. Mm-hmm. You know, they might even think it themselves. Right. They might need to know, like, no, this is four people that are not okay with that. Right. Right. And I think that's the, you know, it's why we talk about getting a wider support network mm-hmm. because you do need people who have a different perspective. You do need some people who are not in the midst of the issue to to give some clarity. The support network will help you keep the marriage together or move on. Right, right. And that, that may be possible for some of these guys, their delusion the damage that they've done in that process has, there's too much water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I would love to say everybody can be saved, but really it boils down to do they want to be saved? Do they want to be saved? Do they Some of them, mm-hmm. you know, the very, what we started this whole thing talking about is they're actively in recovery, but they're not recovering. Mm-hmm. Just the act of being in recovery allows them to stay stuck. Yeah. I've had guys that have come out and said they were lying to their sponsor, they were lying to Mm -hmm. their therapist, and yet believing that they were in recovery. And then when all of this comes out, that again is another betrayal. Mm -hmm. The, The person feels like, oh my gosh, they've been lying this whole time, and they've been lying to the pros. Yeah. Yeah, and the pros didn't pick it up. That is a scary thing for women. Yeah, you know, so there's there's a place where all of this creates a, I don't feel safe, and when I don't feel safe, 
the betrayal trauma dynamics begin to grow and grow and grow. Mm -hmm. And a guy that's lied to that many people, it's really hard to now say, no, really, I'm telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And I'm really being honest. And how do you go about doing that in a way that someone can say, I believe you now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and it's tricky. And, and I think that's where this whole recovery process can be so painful is, yes, I'm in recovery. That doesn't mean you can trust me. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean I'm safe. That doesn't mean that I have stopped. All the other behaviors. Yeah, all the other stuff that's done so much damage. It might even mean that those other behaviors have increased. I mean, True. what we've seen is when she finds her voice, he... Can get angry. Can get. That's when even the sweet guys might show some anger. Right, right. Because they're finally having to live within boundaries that mm -hmm. are hard for them to do. They've always found their way around them in the past. And mm -hmm. now now they're kind of feeling caged in. And, mm -hmm. and that anger is like a way of trying mm -hmm. to move the bars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we kind of strayed a little bit. Yeah. Um, Self-deception. Is Deception. Very yeah. How did it happen in your life? You know, I, I tell guys the first person I lied to was me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I returned to my addiction after a six-year period of clean, being clean. But in that process, there was a delusion, there was a self-deception that in lying to you, I was doing the better thing mm -hmm. than telling you the truth because telling you the truth would cause breakdown. Mm -hmm. It would cause all this pain. And if I could just get it fixed on my own, mm -hmm. the lies then were, were an ends to them or means to an end. Mm -hmm. And, and it was completely crazy thinking. What do you think you were really doing by lying to me? I was covering my butt. You know, I was just, I was, staying out of trouble mm -hmm. and avoiding a bunch of hard conversations I really didn't know how to have or want to have. And I kept thinking that if I lie to her today, somehow I'll, I'll get it right tomorrow mm -hmm. and the lies will stop. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. didn't. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You've made it right, babe. Delusion is a very painful um, thing to have show up in your relationship, the self-delusion that somehow my issues and your issues need to be balanced, mm -hmm. especially when it's accompanied with lies and, and the betrayal dynamics that mm -hmm. some people use to, to cover their butt. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it takes a long time to heal it. If if you get the opportunity to heal it, mm -hmm. it can take a long time to heal. Okay. Thanks, everybody. See y'all on the next episode.